Hello, soulful humans. It's Allison here, and this is episode 192 of the Wild Edge of Being Human podcast. And today, we are talking about coping skills and self-trust. Coaching is an art and science of behavior change. Wouldn't it be fun if it were actually as easy as change your thinking, change your life? And yes, I used to believe it was that simple for many years. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I know now. Just changing our thinking can be a gross oversimplification It leaves millions of people frustrated and fleeced. One of many significant determiners, not the only one, but one of many of our lives is not just our thinking or our emotions, but actually our habitual and subconscious attempts not to feel shame, rejection, fear, sadness, disconnection, and other uncomfortable or painful emotions. These attempts show up as coping mechanisms that serve as armored protection from these feelings. I wrote a book about it. Hi, my name is Allison, and I'm a recovering over-armored woman. And I often say recovering people pleaser and recovering overachiever. Let me go way back for a moment for all of us so that we can move forward. It is a natural and subconscious desire to connect and repair connection if the body senses a disconnect from somebody we care about. We are wired for it. We learn early on to manipulate the maintaining of that connection with our caregivers. As children, when the connection with our caregivers caregivers conflicts with our authenticity, we innately and subconsciously choose connection every time. We choose the coping mechanism over living in our true selves. Please do not see this as you did it wrong. It's it's how we're neurobiologically somatically set up as natural organic beings. Here's the burn for high achievers. Right, coping mechanisms come in many forms. And in the coaching world, I see different coping mechanisms than some of the other more obvious detrimental ones out there like alcoholism or drug use or um, harming self obvious self-harming behavior. The burn for high achievers is the coping mechanisms that worked for us are socially acceptable and highly admirable. They're often praised and rewarded by society. So we show up in these coping mechanisms and we keep getting external validation. We give and overgive, we perform, we people please, we overfunction, we caretake others, often at the expense of our own true selves. And if you're neurodivergent like I am, then we mask along with those coping skills and armor. It feels good until it begins to not feel good. And then what? 
We look up and see all the perceived excellence around us, but can feel empty or like something is missing inside. And yet we gaslight ourselves into gratitude. Gaslighting in attempt to force gratitude is not compassion. That's comparison. My clients with longevity in the personal development space do this the most because in the personal development and coaching spaces, self-help, we have been taught to shame our way into appreciation instead of taught how to actually cultivate authentic, spontaneous gratitude and appreciation from within. Listen, side note, um, I'm still learning so much about how ADHD brains work, how ADHD brains in women work and midlife women work. And one of the things I have recently seen the data on is that ADHD brains, and remember ADHD is an executive function disorder. It's not really an attention disorder, but executive function fails in the presence of shame and pain as motivation. ADHD brains generally work better when we pursue the feel-good rewards. Some people, I think it's like I see this in in coaching, is like some people really respond well to challenge. And I used to make fun of myself. I was like, how come a challenge never works for me? Because the challenge doesn't work for me. There's nothing wrong for me. It's just not the way that my brain likes to move forward. All right. So back to these coping mechanisms. Where does that leave us when these coping skills actually begin to perpetuate our struggle instead of help us? This is the place many of my experienced business owner clients are in. They're at the crossroads of should and self-trust. The shoulds are familiar and known. They're reliable even if they come with a side of suffering. And often all the shoulds um, give us that conscious and subconscious validation from the world outside of us. The uncomfortable known will always be more appealing to the mind-body-nervous system than the unknown. The road to self-trust requires both learning new skills, and unlearning old ways of habitual coping. It also helps and requires seeing all the systems that taught us on purpose not to trust ourselves. And honestly, that can be downright depressing. Um, It brings up grief um, because we grow up in you know we 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 grow up being in this world right and the different invisible systems in this world right like your family is a system your education is a system your city is a system um, capitalism is a system misogyny is a system racism is a system religion is a system and when we begin seeing the way the systems are set up. I see very few, quote, systems that actually teach us to trust ourselves. In fact, I see them teaching the opposite. It can kind of be like a big gasp. But after the big gasp and the downright depressing and grief is 
oh, now I see how the world works. How do I want to work within it? And so we've got to begin to both unlearn old habitual coping skills and we intentionally can choose new skills that help. Here's four of the skills that I help my clients with. These are not only, these are not all the skills, but the skill of noticing. For smart, brainy people, we love to make sense of things. We love to be aware. Self, Many of you are already in the self-aware, but there's a nuance to the noticing. The second one is the skill of being with. I call these being with skills lately. I'm, I'm teaching my clients instead of, so what we do, what we've done in the past, we go from no, noticing to analyzing instead of being with. And the example I use with one of my clients was imagine going to a doctor's visit and bringing your spouse who's a man, right? So it's a, let's, let's take a woman, goes to the doctor, and the woman is the one who needs the treatment. Full-grown, adult, capable woman. And the doctor only speaks to the man in the room. And the man and the doctor have this conversation, and the woman is right there. Like, I'm here connect with me, talk with me. And this is something I incessantly see. I used to see it in myself. Sometimes I still see it in myself, but I've got, I've built these skills. And instead of the doctor turning towards the woman and really being with her and her situation, being present and communicative with her instead of communicating about her. So in the personal development world, we have these skills of self-awareness, but then we turn it into self-analyzing and fixing. So instead, I'm teaching my clients the skills of being with and presence instead of fixing or solving. I'm teaching my clients the skill of sensing their deepest internal cravings from a place of non-judgment, both in themselves, and once they begin to see them in themselves, they can see them in others, and it, it really helps increase your ability to be compassionate. Um, I'm also teaching my clients the skill of building inner relationships with ourselves and all of our parts, especially building inner relationships with our uncomfortable parts. These are just four of the self-leadership skills I help my clients develop in their lives and work. These skills can present as great insights in conversation. Yay, woohoo! But if it ends as an insight, it's just entertainment. I just got off a call with my therapist and we were talking about the value of the work we do together. And I can tend to get ideas, exchange, and thoughts and make connections. But one of the things that David helps me do is he helps me slow down, make space, be with, and connect in my whole body so that it's not just headbound. And as we've done that regularly as a practice, I've learned how to do it outside of therapy, outside of IFS training. And it's become a way of being that absolutely is making a tangible difference in my relationships, in my business, in my money, in my boundaries. I could keep going. 
we have to build a muscle memory for these skills in the body. We have the muscle memory of these coping skills that no longer work. Like it's just automatic. It's habitual. We can see the difference in our mind. And have you ever said like, I know what to do, but I just, why do I have trouble doing it? Right? Our knowing and our doing in our body is completely different. So we've got to build a muscle memory for these skills in the body and behavior and ultimately in our nervous systems if we want lasting change. If we want to truly learn to be in the world, not of the world, from a place of true self-trust. Today, I want to say cheers to those of you on this journey and practice of self-trust. It's not just the idea of, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I trusted myself? I mean, that's a great starting place. But this true journey and practice of self-trust, I can help you with that. And if you're ready to build your self-trust skills, here are a few ways I can support you. This is the work I'm helping my business owner clients do. These are the conversations in my book, Unarmored, Finding Home in the Wild Edges of Being Human. You can find that on Amazon. I highly recommend the in-print version. It's freaking beautiful. This is also some of the focus. We're going to be focusing on some of these skills at my live event this year, Camp Cultivate, in outside of Austin, Texas in May. I have a handful of spots available for that. Um. You can find the links to these, um, to my book, to camp, and to the next one in the show notes. So we're focusing on that at Camp Cultivate. It's going to be a smaller event this year. We're no more than 30 people. Last year it was 50, and um, we're dialing it down a little bit for more intimacy and connection at the Camp Cultivate event. This is also my last year to do Camp Cultivate. I'm sure that I will do live events in the future, but I've had some major insights around what I want my live events to be. So we are completing seven years of Camp Starheart, what what used to be Camp Starheart and has become Camp Cultivate. We're completing seven years of these beautiful live events um, called Camp. Uh, finally, the foundation of the work that we do in my coaching membership solely started out many, many years ago as like a life and business school. And it was back when I was working with more clients to teach them the how-to of business. And at some point, I graduated myself from teaching all the how-to. Now, I love to sprinkle in a little bit of strategy. I just get giddy and excited about it. I I think it's fun, but it's not the meat of my work anymore, right? If you are in the how-to phase heavily, I'm not your gal. But if you already have skills and care in your business, if you are in a growth or achievement business phase, one of the things we do in Solis is we come from the context of solving the life and business problems and challenges that come up from this deeper place of the skills of self-trust, being with our parts. We're we're technically realigning and reconnecting with ourselves so that we can move forward and take action from the foundation of caring for your inner system so that you can move from the doubt, the overthinking, 
the exhaustion to clarity, to creativity, to joy, to bring the fun and love back to your business. And that's the foundation for which we do group life and business coaching in my uh, coaching membership, Solis. And then that other thing is we're doing it together, right? So I have a couple of one-on-one clients. We do this, we go really deep one-on-one and that's the best place to go really deep. And in Solis, I kind of bring the concepts, but for a much less expensive price and for the ongoing membership, you get to come and be in a community that comes from this zeitgeist and then I teach you some of the skills and just like my one-on-one clients you have some responsibility you know obviously the more you practice outside of session the um, more effective quickly it's going to be so we're accepting members right now you can apply at coachwithallison.com for Solis. Solis, what what the hell is a Soli? right my LLC's name is soul-full-living and when I left the corporate coming many years ago and I started my own business, I founded an LLC because my soul, what I saw in corporate and they had the right to do, but they were so focused on the math and the doing side of business. And there was a little bit of disregard for human beings and heart and soul. And I had a knowing all those years ago that it is possible to create business and life success that combines the head and the heart. That that we do not have to create success at the expense of our souls. And so soulful, soul-full, right? Technically, you spell soulful, S-O-U-L-F-U-L. I spell it soul-full. And so that came from this concept that I actually will be talking about in the weeks to come. I just made a new chart for y'all. I'm hoping that it will be next week when I, when I come out for it. My clients are getting it early. But if we want to have a soulful and heart-centered business, one of the first things we have to remember is that there are human beings and souls behind these screens You know, every person listening to this podcast is a person. There's a human being with a heartbeat and a soul listening. Every single person that opts into my quote list is a human being. And when I make a podcast for you or I write an email to you, I remember that. And so that language became a fun way to refer to my people, Solis, right? Hello, humans. Hello, souls. And so we call it Solis. I'm not very good at naming things, but it's become, it's, it's become a thing now. So I invite you to come and belong in a place for growth and business leaders um, and to marinate in conversations that support your being your self-trust and your doing in life and business. Thank y'all for listening. Share this podcast with someone you love. I appreciate you and I'll see you next week.